Your discourse is Sports Club, where we talk about um, all the big things in sports, things we think are relevant to you all. And uh, yeah, it has been a short little minute, long minute really, since we have been on with you. So once again, welcome back. Thanks for coming back. Um, we're going to kind of shuffle the deck at some of the stuff we do here at Impact Media. We are, I'm moving my, all the UFC talk to, to the, uh, strong style show, which we normally talk wrestling, we'll talk wrestling and UFC, kind of taking a nod from a good friend of ours, EMP, who uh, we hope to have on as well. At some point, but uh, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna follow the strong style stuff on one show. We're we're gonna and we'll talk uh, like today. We're gonna talk football. We're gonna talk baseball. We're gonna you know obviously uh, update everybody on some of the bigger things going on. We're talking a little NASCAR. Uh, you know, a lot of people you've probably heard a lot of people's opinions on some of the things we'll talk about. I'm gonna keep most of it recent, but. I said, just want to welcome everybody back. And we're going to start it off right there with football, you know. We're going to start with football. Hope you guys uh, like what we get into here. Uh, but I'm going to start. No, actually, I'm not going to start with football. I'm going to start with Major League Baseball, MLB. They announced their contingency plan uh, a little, little ways back. Not too late, but a little ways back. And, of course, that is that they're going to play a 60-game season. Fine with that. Uh, if it were up to me, they'd play about 100, 120 games anyway, not 162. But 60 makes sense for where they're at. They are right at the halfway point of their season. So playing a little less than half, that makes sense. They are going to... This is the way they're going to do it. They are uh, going to keep it pretty much east plays east, central plays central, west plays west. So if you are the AL East, which are the Yankees, Orioles, Red Sox, Rays, and Toronto Blue Jays, you will play 40 games against the other four teams in your division. I think you can kind of figure out. More than likely, that means 10 per team. 
and the other 20 games in your series or in your season, you will play against the National League East, which are, of course, the Atlanta Braves here locally. That is the Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins, whatever they are at this point. I think the Miami Marlins still at this point. Um, that would also be the Philadelphia Phillies. That would be uh, my New York Mets and the uh, Washington Nationals. Okay, I like the East because, I mean, as a lot of you guys know, the people who don't, pretty much lifelong Yankees Mets fan. So uh, I'm excited to see those two teams play more. I'm excited to see the Yankees get to play more because they will be shown locally here, the games they play against the Braves. Um, we're going to really get to see what people can do in a short season like this. But, yeah, I mean, there's other matchups that are going to be fun. Um, I think I think Seattle, the Seattle Mariners or the, uh, the, the Angels playing against the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, I, you know, Throwing the Rockies in there, I think those are going to be really fun matchups. I look forward to that. The Rangers and Rockies, you know, that's going to be cool. Getting to see White Sox Cubs more. We're going to get to see uh, the Detroit Tigers taking on the St. Louis Cardinals. Talk about two classic teams in a classic matchup. I'm in. I like this. I like this. My guess is you got to think, 20 games, five teams, you're going to get about four four games or so. I think they're going to evenly do it. I really don't know. But you can get about four games against all those other teams. And this style format is going to it's going to really show you what you have and how and who could really be streaky, who could put it together in a hurry. People with really strong starting pitching staffs, people with uh, really deep bullpens, we're going DH in both levels, both both leagues, both levels, leagues, same thing. Uh, there really is no minor league, so you are able to expand your roster to 30. So you can add a couple more pitchers from the bullpen. Maybe you add an extra starter. Now that you have a DH, maybe there's that guy in double-A that you've just been trying to get up, and, and AAA is so good you couldn't fit him on there. Maybe he plays left field, and your outfield is stacked the level above him. Well, now you can give him the opportunity to come up and get some at-bats and see if we can hang. Expanded the roster. That's going to be great. I like the 60 games. Like I said, you're going to get to play against your own division and then the division directly just to limit travel. There's, there's just so many cool matchups we're going to get to see. I don't have a problem with these. Where I have a problem is the timing of this. You know, because we had the NFL, that started their season yet. They pretty much have had their plan in place since, I don't know, February. Probably the last February. Before they even knew of anything like this. Um, you've got MLS, who had started their season, just really got their feet wet. You know, they had stepped into the edge of the ocean, got about calf deep, and saw the shark. But now they've, they've found the path where they're going to be able to get things going. They're going to start with that tournament in Orlando, I believe, to get everybody excited again. It's going to be a fun tournament. And the winner of that tournament actually gets something. That's good. Um, we go to the NBA, who was two-thirds of the way through their season. What are they going to do? They're going to play a handful of games and then go straight into the playoffs, the 22 top teams that are in. Yeah, they're trying to get Zion Williams in. We know that. That's the whole thing. 
NHL, same way. They were almost into the postseason. They're going to do a similar thing, too. They're going to play a couple games. They're going to be in a, a couple hub cities, and they're going to get into the playoffs. It's going to be fun. The timing I'm talking about is Major League Baseball, who had started their preseason, so to say. They had just got into camp when a lot of this started to hit. I get that. But you remember back in school, it could be any, it could be really any, uh, I don't know about college, depending on what college you went to, but let's say high school. High school for this particular discussion. Now, when I was in high school, this was, this, it wasn't that long ago for everybody trying to say that. It was a good while, but not too long. Um, but back in high school, we're talking early 2000s, late 90s and early 2000s. There was a difference between these two words. You could be tardy to a class, which means just slightly within a small window when class technically started. You know, it's like showing up at 9.02 when it's 9. And then there was late. Late was like 9.10 and beyond. If you showed up at 9.30, you were late. And here was the difference in my high school. They would spot you a couple minutes based off what was going on. I, unfortunately, always had a schedule where I had to go from one side of the campus to another. I had five to six minutes to do it. I had really good calves. Still kind of kept them. I made pretty good time. I was occasionally tardy. I was very, rarely late. If I was late, I usually had a good reason, like I was called to do something else. That was standing in. Of course, we were late a couple times. But no... A lot of these other leagues were a little tardy to the party here. Shout out Croy Bearman, Kim Zolziak. A lot of them were a little tardy. Some of them were on time. A lot of them were a little tardy. Major League Baseball, you were late. You better have a doctor's note. You better have a, 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 did the president sign an executive order? You were late. Class started at nine. You showed up. You showed up, I don't know, closer to noon. Yeah, we're already past that. We're in different class. What took you guys so long? You guys had the easiest, one of the easiest paths. You were barely into your preseason. I get it. So you, all you need to do is go, hey, how long does everybody need? Two to three weeks? Great. So what we're going to do is when we have a contingency plan in place, when we have an idea, when we could get started back, we know that about two to three weeks later, We'll go two to three weeks in with testing, with all these things here, with all our plan in place. And then in two to three weeks, we'll start the season. Hey, we can play 100 games. We can get 120 in. We can get 80 in. We can get 20 in. Doesn't matter what the number was going to be. That's why 60, okay. And the main reason it's 60 is because in the last bargaining agreement, I'm pretty sure there is a uh, emergency button, basically, emergency plan button, where Rob Manfred – if both sides can't, if the owners and the players can't get together and decide things like this, he has the authority to step in and say, this is what we're doing. We'll deal with it down the road. We'll deal with this, the issue down the road, which is basically what he did. He understands that the, the more games that are played, the more the owners are going to lose, the more regular season games, the more postseason games that are played, the more the players are going to lose that are involved in that because they don't get paid for the they don't get paid for the postseason. They basically get food stipend money better than nothing. But they make their money all year. Obviously, a lot more regular season games. 
So he found that magic, kind of semi-magic number, where, hey, owners, are you good with 60? Great. I'm going to step in and say we're playing 60 games. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have these testing things in place. We're going to do all this. They can squabble over money next year and the year after when the bargaining agreement comes up. But being late to the party, God, if you guys would have started last month, you would have picked up a whole new audience. Hardly anybody was playing. Hardly anybody was competing last month. What, the UFC? They're one of the few. Korean baseball? They're back. Uh, I think China has some leagues up. There are varying other things that were trickling back at that point. Baseball would have stood up and said, we are America's game. Watch us play. And instead they say, we used to be America's pastime, and now we might be America's past. We all know aging fan base. We all know the NBA does a great job of of getting the young and the youth involved. They have a fantastic younger fan base. Uh, football does a decent job, mostly because their fan base has kids that they have watched game- Then the kids watch games with their parents, or the parents take them to set games. That's how the NFL is building a smaller, or building the younger demographic. But baseball just told everybody, we can't decide because we can't decide how much money or percentage we think we should make, and we're going to squabble about it all summer, we're going to miss our entire window. We're going to be completely late to class. And we don't really care if you watch or not. Because there's not going to be any fans around. What do we care? Well, you should care. Because TV money is involved. You guys want salary cap to go up. You guys, uh, or not really a salary cap. You guys want revenues to go up where you can make more money. You have the potential to make more money. Whether you're Bryce Harper whether you're Max Scherzer or whether you're guy who is the last guy on the roster who is making the minimum, the guy in double A I just told you about who's going to get called up and make right at league minimum more than likely, even with bonuses, you want a, the opportunity to make more money, then you have to get the TV revenue going. How do you get TV revenue going? You play more games. You get in front of people. You let your audience know we are here for you. And yeah, you can be there for yourself too. And that, I'm not saying there's anything that you should be looking out for yourself and your family and your well-being as well. For anybody who is opting out not to play, that is fine too. I do not hold you responsible. I do not hold you at fault for anything. If some people are like, hey, I have a kid or a relative or myself who is has a compromised immune system or has health issues that I think would be put at risk, hey, one of the biggest stars in WWE right now, Roman Reigns, has been out and at his home since February, since March. And you know why? He has a compromised immune system. He battled leukemia. He still is battling leukemia. He beat it the first time. He is trying to make sure he does not get it. But he has a compromised immune system because of the treatment he had for that because of the, the lifestyle changes he has had to make. So he just said, you know what? I'm staying home. It's not worth the risk to me. And there have been people in the WWE. There have been people in baseball, NBA, NHL, MLS, UFC. It doesn't matter. People are testing positive. On the PGA, people are testing positive. It's a very low percentage being tested multiple times a week. I heard a caddy talk earlier who was on the Dan Patrick show a couple days ago. I heard uh, he is Webb Simpson's caddy. He also used to be with Vijay Singh. He's been around a lot of people. He said, yeah, 
Webb Simpson found out that uh, I believe his daughter tested positive or had a compromised situation. He pulled himself out and the caddy out of the tournament. They won last week. This week he pulled himself out of the tournament and said, you know what? Just no. This past weekend, no. It just, we're not doing that. Or this was actually late last week. They said, we won the previous week. This week, no. We just went ahead and pulled out. We're being safe. He went home. He, he tested positive. I mean, he tested negative both times. That's, you know, things are going to happen. You have to have these plans in place where you either quarantine or you remove yourself from the situation. You get tested. Once you're cleared, you can be back based off the protocols. But no, baseball, you are late to the party. Late, late, late. Like you showed up, didn't even have a present, didn't even bring beer. You know, you showed up empty handed and you're complaining about the parking situation out front. Well, for one, you're the last of the party. You're last. You're last of the party. You can't show up last of the restaurant, last of the party, and complain about parking. You get what you get at that point. With baseball, you can still resurrect this. You're not going to have a Maguire-Sosa home run race. You're not going to have Cal Ripken with his consecutive game streak. You're not going to have Barry Bonds look and go, well, I can do that too. You're not going to have these things. You're going to have to find ways to get the fans engaged Maybe it's giveaways. Maybe it's interactive things throughout the game. You could still do your contest across the airwaves. You can still do these other things without having people live in the stadium to do them. There's so many ways you guys could get people involved, and I just, I just hope you get it. I just, I hope you realize the mistake you made. I hope you are looking at turning it around, and I hope you, you realize that we don't care what you make. We want you to have a healthy and successful lifestyle and your family to be okay and, and your health and things like that. But how much you make doesn't mean anything to us. It doesn't. The only thing it might mean is we might get upset that maybe one of you makes too much money or not enough and there's not enough to go around to somebody else. That's the only thing that fans really get concerned with. Past that, we're not concerned with how many games you play. and We're not concerned with how much money you make or uh, things like that. We're worried about your health. And we want to see warm bodies so we can see our favorite sports again. Let's stay in baseball for a second. So I do want to mention this. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this before, but there is a uh, there's rumor that not only are the Mets potentially up for sale, I think that could help. they uh, not in financial ruin. They're having some issues. I believe it uh, based off, it had to do with Bernie Madoff. And uh, at the time, he was friends with, I believe, the Wilpons, who own the Mets. And um, the Benia contract is nothing compared to this. And, and somehow uh, they invested money through him, and it did not pan out. Obviously, they lost a lot of money through the scheme that, that pretty much got him in trouble. Okay. Um, it's, it's not going to necessarily cost him the Mets. They could. I mean, they'd really have to dig. They're really going to have to have some help to uh, really get out of it. It's not a, uh, they can't pay the players. Of course, you can pay the players. It's not that. It's not handcuffing them decision-wise, nothing like that. But it may be time for a fresh face in the Mets front office. There is a rumor, once again, that one Alex Rodriguez and one Jennifer Lopez, yep, the, uh, the it power couple here recently, in recent years, that they could be in the market to maybe make a push. And A-Rod would kind of do a Jeter-like thing where he would come in and, and be one of the controlling maybe GM voices. Okay. 
I'm all right with that. A lot of people are like, well, you well know what A-Rod did. We don't. Uh, we, we know the times that he, he come up positive for um, for PEDs and things like that. We know he served his sentence for that. And um, as far as I'm concerned, he's, he's done so much to resurrect his image. Um, I don't see a I don't see a problem with it. And, and this is coming from a Mets fan. If I take my Mets hat off even, you said, hey, if A-Rod and J-Lo were the controlling partners of the Mets, how do you feel? I think this could be good for baseball. It's going to show people that it's not just the billionaires club. It's people that want to be in here that know the game, want to be a part of this. You wouldn't let Mark Cuban in. Well, maybe A-Rod is the bridge. Maybe A-Rod shows you that, yeah, you can be a former player or, yeah, you can be a uh, a successful on-air personality even. But if you know the game, you should be able to uh, have the opportunity to run a franchise. I mean, is it the be-all, end-all, fix-all? I, I don't know. Probably not. But the Mets and many other teams throughout sports could use a little bit of a facelift or a fresh face, just a, a reset. You know, you're playing your favorite video game and you, you crash the car. Trust me, I have a little bit of experience with that lately. You, you crash the car or uh, uh, you get a little too close to the fire pit or or the, uh, the Lizard King beats you, you know, things like that. And you get that reset button where you can go back and try it again. Well, this is the reset button for the Mets. And if I were them, I would give A-Rod and J-Lo and their – they have a group. It's not just them two. They have a group. I would give them a, a consideration. And uh, if I was the owners now, I would consider potentially doing this. I think this could be really great moving forward. I really do. That's all the baseball I want to get into. Uh, NASCAR, I do want to um, uh, I, w- I want to get into the Bubba Wallace stuff because here's how I see it. I've let the dust settle a little bit. I wanted to see a lot of stuff. I wanted to get my own uh, uh, trying to think of a good way to put them. I wanted to check with some people I knew with my sources. I wanted to check. Uh, I wanted to let everything settle. Um, First of all, banning Confederate flags, fine. As a proud, proud of of uh, uh, of my family lineage, and most of the things they did, not proud of all of them. You're not gonna be proud of everything that your family did. Trust me, they're probably not proud of everything I've done. But uh, as as uh, especially I, I deep roots in the South here. Like I said, not proud of, of uh, a good handful of things. That uh, they that they may have had something to do with, may not have, but um, I'm not going to get into discussion, a history discussion on the, on that particular flag or, or meanings and stuff like that. It's it has meanings to different people. It's all in in uh, in your side of things, and and uh, taking that out of NASCAR, I think, is a good thing. I think it could have happened a couple years ago. I don't think in any way it's just a racial thing no i think it's a society thing it's nascar is dealing with something just like baseball is their audience their audience is getting older they need to appeal to the younger audience particularly the millennials uh but particular uh other people in general and they need to show people nascar is a global sport to be enjoyed by everyone and not just predominantly the south and southeast which is where it started 
there's races all over. Uh, there's been races in Canada. There's been races in Mexico for NASCAR. There have been, I said, there's races in uh, Sonoma, California, where we just had a race. Uh, New England. There's been uh, probably Oregon, Montana. It could be all over the place. It doesn't have to just, the fan base just center around the South because it doesn't. It is a big global sport. Everyone should be able to enjoy it. Have no problems there. As far as what was found in uh, Bubba's garage, I think it's like having a keen eye for something. You know, you could look at the same, think of a hidden eye puzzle, a, a hidden image puzzle. You know, usually there's a list of things. Hey, find the broom, find uh, the briefcase, find the letters, find the triangle, things like that. Find the little boy playing, you know, things like that. Um, once you see, like, if you just see a picture, you may not see those things. But if I say, hey, look for this symbol, look for this thing here, look for this particular image, you're going to train your eye, you're going to focus your eye to look for those things. So do I fault the crew member and the other member of his team for once they saw uh, the, uh, the the pull-down the pull down rope for reporting it to NASCAR? No. Do I fault them for not telling Bubba up front? Not at all. I think very much they want to keep him out of it, but the controlling people, the people who at the top who run NASCAR decided that's something he needed to know about. I don't think he ever saw it personally. I think he was going on what he was told, which was fine. I like Bubba's reaction to it. He said it is what it is as far as, uh, you know, glad it wasn't a hate crime, glad it wasn't a uh, purpose on purpose thing. Uh, as, as far as that, I think uh, the cooler heads prevailed. I think once everybody realized what was going on, I said, don't fault anybody involved. NASCAR was a little hasty in it, but once again, given the times that they're in right now, I don't fault them whatsoever for trying to get in front of something and trying to act instead of react. In sports, they're very good at reacting. I'm glad they decided to act here, and I don't have a problem with that. And then think about the weight of the world, basically, the weight of uh, society that Bubba Wallace is carrying with him right now. This is this is also it, it's huge for. I mean, is he the first African American to race in NASCAR? Absolutely not. Been ha- a good handful of them. Will he be the last? No, not at all. Just like Obama was was the first president, he won't be the last. At some point, we're going to get a female president. There won't be the last. There will be many more. The opportunity at this point, what Bubba is doing for his community is what Danica was doing for the female population. To let you know, to let women know, to let young ladies know, to, to let little girls know. Bubba is letting anybody say, hey, the color of your skin, uh, you know, ethnic roots. Your gender, um, maybe your hairstyle, it doesn't matter. No matter what it is, you if you want the opportunity to do something, you should have that opportunity. Sometimes you may have to work harder. You may not. It shouldn't be that way. But at the moment, he's showing, hey, if you put in the work, he wanted to be a NASCAR driver. He was big in the truck series. He wanted to be a NASCAR driver. He's a NASCAR driver. He's doing He's doing pretty good. He's putting up good He's putting up good uh, results. He is he is fighting this, but he's trying to show that no matter your background, culturally, anything, if you want to do something, this is the country 
that you should be able to do it in. And I'm not saying it's just that easy to flip a switch and, oh, hey, I want to be the president. Oh, hey, I want to be a NASCAR driver. Oh, hey, I want to be uh, I want to be a contractor. You know, doesn't matter. I want to own a gas station. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You should be able to do these things. And for him to, like I said, it's just what Danica did. Danica was not the first woman to drive in NASCAR. But she was able to put up the results and to show people. And she did fight back against uh, the, 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 I guess, genderist. And, and uh, I can't think of the exact word I'm trying to use. But against the people, the detractors that were saying, women don't have a place in NASCAR where you're wrong. If, if uh, they should have the opportunity, the same opportunity as everyone else, that if you put in the work and you qualify, that you can race in NASCAR. Maybe they want to be owners. Maybe... They want to uh, be in the pit crew. Maybe they want to be the crew chief. Maybe they want to be the announcer. Those opportunities should be there for everyone. And I think Bubba's doing a great job in how he's handling this. And going forward, uh, he has my support. He has our support here. Because, like I said, it's not going to be easy. Well, you know, for people who are new to the show, my particular drivers in NASCAR are Kyle Busch, considered a villain sometimes, a lot of times. And Denny Hamblin, who recently just won a race. Congratulations, Denny. Those are my racers. Yeah, they can be a little edgy at times, but they're respected. Bubba's respected. You know, it's those are the racers that I particularly want to win every week. But am I pulling for Bubba? Absolutely. He's not my favorite driver. I just told you who my favorite drivers are. But I'm pulling for him each week because the better he does, and he's already got the respect of NASCAR. NASCAR stood with him. NASCAR walked beside him, beside his car before that race and showed everybody, hey, we're not we're not a bunch of individual drivers who race in a league. We are NASCAR. We're a family. And that's the best reaction or, or best action that I've seen in this entire thing. That's part of how we're going to get this change. So good luck to you, Bubba. We're pulling for you. I know a lot of other people are pulling for you. And, you know, that's just kind of my two cents on that. Um, real quickly, the, the whole Zion Duke thing, more than likely this is going to blow over. I don't think there's enough to drag Zion up to testify in court. Um, and I, Duke may get a sanction or so, but I don't think they're going to get a whole lot. So just going to glass over that just like everybody else is, including the authorities, I believe. Uh, last few things. I had a few things I want to talk about. Football-wise, we know Kaepernick ha now has the full endorsement of Roger Goodell. To that he should be given opportunities. This, this is right back to the, the Bud Wallace thing. He should be given an opportunity. And now, it, I mean, it took a little bit to me, too, because, yeah, when he kneeled, at first, I, I, I wanted to really get an opinion on it, and this was four years ago even. Even I looked at it like, ah, there's better times to do that. I understand what he was doing and doing it. It's kind of stepping on the flag a little. But as of now, I realize it's not about the flag. I still don't necessarily agree with the timing of it, but it wasn't about the flag. And uh, I hate that it had to go four years and more awful things before we got to this. But, yeah, Kaepernick should be given an opportunity. Uh, we just saw 
Cam Newton get signed by the Patriots? Is it groundbreaking? It's it's something. It's once again, Cam was given an opportunity. Kaepernick should. Once camp's open, I think he'll be invited to a couple places. I, th- I, you know, there is no. Oh well, here's a fit. Here's a fit. Here's a fit. If you look at the way the league is going, the Patrick Mahomes, the Deshaun Watsons, the Lamar Jacksons, the Kyler Murrays, the Russell Wilsons, even though he doesn't run as much, it's becoming a scramble league. Kaepernick's been doing this for years. Now he hasn't played in the league in three years or so. He's been working out. He worked out with uh, Ari Wirtz and a lot of other people here in Atlanta. Ari used to go to Georgia State. I know Ari. Ari said, hey, I'm not just saying it because he invited me out and everything. No, the dude, his, his passes were on point. Uh, one of the better quarterbacks he had uh, caught passes from. He liked he liked the way the ball came out. You could see it, things like that, you know. I would like to see Kaepernick be given the opportunity. I'm not saying immediately he should be on somebody's team because we all saw how the Michael Sam thing went when uh, it seemed like uh, Jeff Fisher was kind of put put uh, to the test that he needed to take him. The Cowboys gave him a shot, too, and it, it didn't pan out. I think Kaepernick's going to end up on a roster somewhere. Hopefully it's where he can uh, compete and uh, potentially get a job in the NHL, I mean the NFL. I, I very much think that. Uh, real quickly, like I said, Cam to the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots are, they looked at their options. They, they still like Stidham. I think he's still their leading guy. Poirier can do a lot of things. Cam can do a lot of things. And also, think about it this way. If Cam Newton stays the whole year with the Patriots and then leaves, this is a one-year deal, I think he can make up to $7.5 million. And a lot of it is incentive-based, which means he would have to hit a lot of milestones, a lot of things like that. It's very possible. But if he does that and then leaves for a bigger contract or just leaves in general, guess what the Patriots get? They would get a third-round pick, a.k.a. one of the things they lost for the recent crackdown on them when they they just said uh, whatever latest thing they, they just did. I can't remember. They do so many things. Oh, the taping of the Bengals practice. Uh, I think they got fined a little bit of money. They lost a third-round draft pick next year. And I don't know, something else. Like maybe they lost a practice or something. I can't remember. Um, but, but this is what they always do. They will get a veteran to come in and contribute. And when they contribute, even if they move elsewhere, they still win because they get those compensatory draft picks. And that's a lot of people are like, well, now that he signed Cam Belichick, oh, he's just going to start another run. Maybe. Or like I said, maybe between Hoyer and Cam, he realizes that's what Stidham needs is those guys with Josh McDaniel to work this kid and show him how to be successful. Because all this is going to do is get Cam a bigger job somewhere else. Or potentially trade bait later on in the year when somebody gets hurt. We don't have to wait on somebody to get hurt now for him to sign, it will be wait before somebody goes, uh, what's Cam worth to you? And then lastly, the Jamal Adams Jets situation. We have Jamal Adams, who was drafted a couple years by the New York Jets, who have uh, not the most stable owner situation. Uh, in fact, the current owner is actually the ambassador to the United Kingdom for President Trump. His brother has been running the team. They've both been doing an okay job, but you have Adam Gase, 
who made Ryan Tannehill. Uh, that was his quarterback, and they made that work pretty well. Um, he's got Sam Darnold. Those are both franchise guys. Are they top-tier franchise guys? Jury's still out on Darnold. Tannehill, of course not. But he had franchise guys and has a winning record with them. Even Bill Parcells only won about 58 60% of his games. That's about where Adam Gase is at. He may not be the quarterback guru everybody thinks he is, or maybe he is. But the problem for him and Darnold and Adams is the pieces around him. If you're going to draft Adams that high, you should have paid him because he's probably one of the top safeties in the I'd say he's probably top two, top three safety in the league. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people have him top ten player in the league. I don't, that's hard to say. Because uh, if you take quarterbacks out, okay, maybe we're a discussion. But if you're the Jets, sit down with Jamal Adams and ask, do you want to stay here and be a part of this team? And if he does, pay him. Negotiate that. Pay him. Pay him now. If he says, I'm not sure, then you can either convince him or say, where do you want to go? Or if he says, no, I want out, then get him out. And this is not just so that any big player can just complain and get out of town. No, he's trying to tell you he doesn't want to be there. Uh, look at the handful of Jaguars that have been the same in recent years. They got in a situation and said, look, you guys aren't going to pay me, so... I don't like the situation. You're not putting the right pieces around us. Let me out of here. And so you do that. Because if not, it's going to make him miserable. It's going to make you miserable. It's going to make your locker room miserable. If he doesn't want to be there, get him out. Like I said, it's only going to detract. It's only going to make things worse. Um, if you're Jamal Adams, then you got to be up front. And you gotta, maybe you should answer these questions to them now. You can call them and say, hey, I want out. Or, hey, I would love to stay here. If I get a fair market deal, that's not a below average deal. And yeah, you could say safety is not the most valuable spot on the field. Well, it may or may not be, but he's one of he's the best player on your team. Talent wise, it's Jamal Adams, and then it's like add people together. I think Sam Darnold could be a good quarterback if you put things around him. But Le'Veon Bell even looks around and he says, well, based off the way the ownership and the coach typically are, I'm probably out of here this year, not by choice. They're going to shop me around and grab some picks. Well, you can stack picks all you want, and then you're just the Cleveland Browns for the past 20 years. Cleveland finally stopped stacking picks, started making quality picks, and trading and signing and getting people and putting pieces. Like right now, you just keep getting extra pieces for the puzzle. you got four or five sets of puzzles out here. At some point, you pull a Cleveland. You start saying, we're going to put the ice cream truck together. We're going to put the bed of roses together. We're going to do this. We're going to put all – here's the pieces we need. Oh, we need this corner piece. Oh, we need this piece here, uh, the stem of the rope. You know, that's what you need to do. The Jets, you're looking at, at fourth place in your division right now because Miami's going to be better. Buffalo is, is chomping at the bit to take this division over. There's a chance they will. The Patriots are going to be terrible. Cam or not, the Patriots were not going to be terrible. They're going to be respectable. They may be 8-8. Eight eight. They may be 7-9, but they're going to be at least respectable. Because the Jets, how many are you going to win? Four? Five games? That's going to get you another top pick. 
probably going to get your coach fired. And uh, if Jamal Adams is still around, he's surefire going to walk out. you got to fix it. you got to fix it. you got to act like a grown-up. We can all have fun. We can all kid around. That's the one thing you learn in life is there's a time to be a kid. It's time to have fun. There's a time to be the grown-up in the room. And Jets, it's time to be a grown-up. Absolutely time. I mean, past time. It's time to be the grown-up. Well, I have I have rattled on. I have rattled on for almost 40 minutes now. Wow. And then we just had a handful of topics. I had a bunch to talk about, you know. We're going to try to be more regular, try to do this early week. We're going to try to do uh, Strong Style a little later in the week. But, yeah, thanks for – We're going to, like I guess we're going to shuffle some things around here at Impact Media. And uh, I might change some names around, change some songs. I don't know. We're going to do some different stuff. We're going to have fun with it. We're going to make it more your show. So reach out. Tell us what you want to hear more. You don't want to hear me talk about Jamal Adams and the Jets? Let me know. You want me to talk more NASCAR? That's fine, too. You guys let me know what you want to hear about, and we'll do that. We're going to try. I know we say this all the time. We're going to try here soon to work out some ways to have some guests back on the show. I know you guys uh, would love to have some of the ones we've had before. You guys have reached out and said a few people you'd like. I have some people you guys haven't mentioned or maybe haven't thought of that I think would be really good guests. And uh, I look forward to potentially uh, having them on so you guys can enjoy them in a way that I have uh, enjoyable conversations. In fact, I might do some more on-remote shows for all we know. Who knows? There's uh, all kinds of cool places I think we could do shows. Maybe if you guys are out in the area, you can come by and hang out and say hello. And as always, if you see any of the Impact Media people out um, here lately, we play a lot of golf. <laughs> we uh, check out the local brewery and ice cream shops. That's that's uh, we're uh, we're having some good times and we're good having good discussions with everybody. So if you see us out, take a selfie with us, tag us. We will send you guys some merch, which will be debuting soon. Some new merch. But I am Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in to another great show this has been sports club we will see you guys next week deuces gooses Shaking they boobies like Congo, man. I'm shaking the city like quakes. The haters blow in the face like Gonzo, cause I'm breaking the cake, so let's bake. I'm taking the game, the game's mine. Yeah, I witness the change, it's my time. Yeah, I'm new to the game, but y'all might wanna say.